Welcome in to the Odds and Audibles podcast. This is your host, Jared Mack. I'm joined here with Eric Scopel of DuckTerritory.com, and we are ready for some spring football. You, this is not a video podcast, but I was just fist bumping, double fist bumps, because oh, yeah. this was so much fun. We got to watch practice. It was about 15 minutes. We've got a lot of information to get to, Jared. Mm-hmm. Um, but like just to start, like this was really fun. And uh, the Dan Lanning era has begun. He says it's a growth season. You have to have a grower's mindset. He talked about how this was like Christmas. Last night was like Christmas Eve. I'll be honest. I don't know if I'm in the growth season as much, but the second part, <laughs> in fact, I don't even want to touch that, but the second part about being really excited, like, yeah, I was up and down last night. I was so excited to get out there and check things out. And uh, I think the first kind of reaction is that they looked pretty good for what we saw, which was 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. Just the 15 to 20 minutes, as Eric mentioned, um, just to break it down from the very beginning, lots of positional changes, lots of number changes, which we'll get to. Uh, I think we should probably start with the positional changes first, don't you think? Yeah, let's do that. So, I mean, I think we've, it's funny. We went into this camp having a lot of questions about where guys were going to line up. And we got a roster about, what, five minutes prior to us entering practice. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to run through this. Like, okay, Seven McGee, we didn't know where he was going to be. He's listed at receiver. He was practicing as a receiver. Uh, Jabril McNeil and Adrian Jackson had – oh, sorry, those guys are inverse, but – Jabril and Adrian Jackson were both playing different forms of linebacker last year. McNeil moved inside. He's now back outside. Adrian Jackson moving inside from outside, which is kind of notable because he was somebody that I loved him athletically and like insight might be a really good fit. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually think the more I think about that, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about seeing how that plays out. Jeffrey Bossa stays inside linebacker. Uh, Okay. Let's just talk about the fact you have Jackson and Bossa and then also Flo, Sewell, the Duke. Uh, who am I forgetting? Keith Brown, like inside linebacker, Devin Jackson as well. Devin who runs like a, a four six forty and like under under eleven second hundred meter dash as an incoming recruit. And he is not here, but like there are a lot of exciting athletes at inside linebacker. So I thought that was like a, a big thing that stood out. Two offensive linemen are now playing defense. We kind of had an idea about Jackson Powers Johnson. We weren't sure he is full time nose tackle or interior defensive line. This one was new. Jonah Miller. Uh, who's kind of slimmed down a little bit, but it looks like he's playing defense. Defensive line is where he's listed. Uh, we don't have heights and weights on this, which I wish we did because I'd, I'd be really curious to see what they listed um, Jonah at because my guess is he's no more than 250, 260 at this sure. point. Um, who else? Oh, Jonathan Flo. We saw practice at linebacker, Jared, right? But we, yeah. he's listed at defense back. He's listed at defensive back. Uh, I was in charge of looking at the defense today, yeah. and I saw him participate a lot in the inside linebacker drills in the same positional group as Noah Sewell, Jackson LaDuke, Keith Brown, so inside linebackers. Um, yeah, a lot of positional changes, including uh, DJ Johnson is now an outside linebacker. Um, I think we kind of assumed he would play interior line maybe or just line up at the, uh, at the edge as a defensive lineman. I thought he had a hand down. Exactly, and – Looks like he's slimmed down a little bit as well. Um, still a great frame for him. So that'll be an interesting development as well. Uh, I think I hit him. I think I got all of them. I think so, yeah. I don't, I don't think there's anybody else who's obvious. No, um, and, I, and I think the thing that was, I think, again, I'd love to see heights and weights. I would say not that, that everybody slimmed. Oh, you have one? I do. Uh, Trequest Bridges was, yeah. was, pre- was participating with the safety group, moving back from cornerback or moving from cornerback back to his original position at safety. Uh, that was interesting. 
Uh, I, I, I uh, think that's about offensive it. Offensive line, these are subtle, but like Jonathan Dennis was playing center. Ryan Walk was playing center. Alex Forsythe didn't take part when we watched, so maybe that was to try to fill that up. Um, Marcus Harper, who I thought was a center, was playing guard. Mm. These were really subtle things. I don't even know if some of this got in our practice report. If I, by the way, we should know there is a in-depth practice report, which we'll be sharing a lot of the similar information, but maybe we'll forget some of it. Uh, go pull it up on DuckTerritory.com. I think it's worth your time. Uh, a couple thousand words on everything we saw. Um, in those 15 to 20 minutes. But I think, I mean, one thing I did want to say, um, it's not even in our show notes, but I, we don't have heights and weights, but I just kind of felt like collectively a lot of get bodies looked a little different and mm-hmm. kind of slimmed down a little bit more, a little more explosive maybe. And, and that's kind of a generalization. Obviously some players probably gained weight, but like you said, DJ Johnson looked trimmer. Um, I thought like, I thought Adrian Jackson looked really fit, um, yeah. which was nice to see. Uh, Jonah Miller, we talked about just, I think that was necessarily like a weight training thing. I think he's just dealt with some health stuff, but collectively there was some guys who looked a little slimmer on defense. And I'm kind of curious to see how that'll play out schematically. Um, do we want to get to all the Jersey numbers? Cause there's a crap load. I was almost going to a dirty word. I can run through them real quick. All right, Jared, let's just hit this and let's run through all, all right. of these uh, just boom, 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 boom. And then I'll we do can, that. We can, kind of react if there's even a reaction to be had because probably there isn't as much. All right, let's do it. Seven McGee going from zero to seven. Makes sense. Chris Hudson, 14 to one. Dante Thornton, 10 to two. Isaiah Crocker, 88 to six. Patrick Herbert, 81 to 88. Terrence Ferguson moves to from 19 to three. Spencer Webb, 18 to number four. Tyler Nanny has changed his position number and he's now 89. Ty Thompson goes back to 13 from 17. Uh, Jackson Powers Johnson is the same number, 58, uh, going into the defensive line. Uh, on defense, DJ Johnson moves from 12 to 2. Terrell Tillman, 34 to 12. Mace Funa, 47 to 18. Uh, and I think that's about it. As for the newcomers. Oh, we should get to that. Yeah, yeah you get to that. Uh, no, you go ahead and say that. I was going to look up something to make a funny to make a funny comment. So go ahead. And, why don't you address that? <laughs> uh, the newcomers, uh, Christian Gonzalez, the transfer from Colorado. The cornerback is number zero. Uh, Anthony Jones, the outside linebacker from Las Vegas, Nevada, is number five. Bo Nix, Auburn transfer quarterback, is number 10. And Washington transfer defensive tackle, Sam Taimani, is now number 55. Okay. This is a comment I wanted to make. I've just pulled up uh, the step. Okay. How many DJ Johnson's been here five years? He said five different numbers. Mm. Do you have? I mean, I'd, I'd be curious. Those listening probably will forget some of these, but this is the original. This is DJ's career so far at Oregon. I thought this was just a funny aside because he's now playing a different position and a different number. Started as an outside linebacker at 44, then he was a defensive end at seven, a tight end at 89, a tight end at 12, and this year uh, he's an outside linebacker at two. At two. Um, and, and I know they don't list heights and weights, but they've had the heights and weights here. It's funny seeing him listed at zero pounds because I feel like that's inaccurate. Um, but <laughs> he has a big body. But it's just kind of funny looking at somebody who would be at a school for five years. Probably has to be tied for a record, right? You couldn't do more unless you change like multiple through the season, <laughs> middle season changes. Um, but yeah, that gets you caught up on the jersey stuff. Like I know if maybe for some listening, you want to get some of the nitty gritty stuff, but like I kind of love being able to identify some of the numbers when I'm out there. Um, and those watching for like the spring game, I think are going to be aided by kind of noticing this. I'm sure you'll have a roster by then too, but right. um, did you get Carson battles moving from 63 to 45? Cause that one was probably at the top of everyone's interest level. I did not, well, but I'm there ha- you have it. I'm 63 to 45. Sure, appreciate it. Um, three players from last year's roster aren't on the roster. Um, mm-hmm. We'll keep this quick. Jalen Smith, Lance Wilhoit, JJ Greenfield. The second two were like, kind of laughable, like no clarity all of last year. And 
Now we have some players that they're not on the roster. They were on last year's team, at least on the roster, but they were never here. Jalen Smith, uh, Dan was pretty dismissive. By the way, we did also had about a 15-minute Zoom teleconference after. Dan didn't really want to get into the whereabouts of these guys or what was going on. But Jalen Smith was somebody I would have expected to be here competing for snaps along the defensive line, but he was not on the roster. doesn't mean he can't rejoin later, but kind of notable. Um, mm-hmm. a redshirt sophomore, um, interior defensive lineman. Let's get into some of the, like the offensive notes. That's, that's where we're headed next to. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Um, so the thing that probably stood out to me the most, and it probably honestly means very little, but this is something fans will be curious about, was I mentioned Forsyth didn't snap. Ryan Locke, I would imagine, based upon his career at Oregon, would be looked at as the first team center. I thought it was notable he snapped to Ty Thompson. And again, mm-hmm. I don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill because this is like a really small detail. The first 10 minutes of the first practice, who's snapping to who. Right. But typically that's been a way to identify sort of the position of like who's the first team, second team. Bo Nix, who we've noted, you've said he was number 10. Good to see him out there. Looked good. Um, Jonathan Dennis snapping to him was kind of notable. And then Jay Butterfield took snaps from walk-on Cannon Rossi. I, AJ Abbott's the fourth scholarship, or sorry, the fourth quarterback on the roster. He's a walk-on. He was being snapped to by number 63, but there's no 63 on the roster. So I don't have the ability to identify who that would have been, but whoever that was 63, there's your love. And at some point we'll probably have the, uh, the Kai Arneson replacement. Oh 63. boy. The big Arnie, Ar- <laughs> Arnie Army fan here. Um, mm-hmm. That was a, a thing that we never really got to uh, talk about because Kai, unfortunately transfers a big fan favorite here on the Austin Audible's podcast. Um, I thought that so I thought that was sort of notable. Again, I, I don't want to like be like, oh man, Ty is ahead of Bo, but you know, it's kind of it's the only indication really had of any hierarchy. There wasn't a whole lot to take away from the drills. They were throwing on air basically all day, either to literally nobody really or to the tight ends. Um, didn't don't really think there's much to make out of what we saw from a throwing perspective. Butterfield is a little off on a couple of throws, but I'm not gonna ding him too much. Like no. it really doesn't matter. Um, I thought offensively the other thing that really stood out to me was the scholarship running backs. They've got two with seven McGee now at receiver with Jordan James, not enrolled yet. I think it's a possibility he enrolls for the second part of spring. Um, And notably there's a couple of the guys I also expect, but even if he doesn't, like you're going to be low on numbers. And then there are like six walk-ons and we knew two of them. And then everyone else, I have no idea who these guys are. They were numbered. Where's my paper here? Uh, and again, I don't, oh, that paper does not actually exist. Oh, here's the paper I was looking for. Sorry, this is great podcasting because you're like, what is he talking about? There's a bunch of papers ripped up in front of me, which tells you how organized I am. Running backs 42, 38, 29, and 31. I, I don't know who you are, but uh, they were also taking part. They were back. playing. They were there. So, um, you know, it was, there were a lot of bodies at running back. There were eight, but only two are scholarships with, with Sean Dollars and Byron Cardwell. I'll really be curious to see how that plays out. I don't think it's too tenable to be honest, to have two scholarships and then a third when Jordan James gets here. Yeah. But it's certainly, I think I, that was an uh, issue we've talked yeah. about before on this podcast, just how little running backs scholarship running backs in particular, there were on the roster. So this was a clear indicator that there might, that that's definitely going to be a positional need moving forward. I just think you have to address it. Um, whether that be in the portal or if maybe someone's out there who was like a partial qualifier at the JUCO level who gets his grades up in the time and then he can show up in the summer. But like, I don't know. I just think that concerns me a little bit. Lanning also said afterwards that um, a lot of these position changes are fluid. They want to have positional versatility. So maybe we'll see seven move back. Maybe we'll see somebody else move over there. But I thought that was, was kind of probably the only thing that I found kind of concerning from the day. But again, I 
can't I mean they must like Aaron Smith a lot and I thought he looked great last spring when he was I think he carried it more than anyone else in the spring game a year ago yep um but kind of just a little bit of and I should say great to see Sean Dollars out there love seeing Sean Dollars out there um that's a guy who we've really been waiting to see he looked good in, in the limited drills we saw um that actually reminds me Jared we've skipped over something on our show notes let me hear it. Injuries. Ah, yes. So why don't you run through injuries? There were uh, several really key players, mostly on defense, who we just didn't do much of anything. And then a couple of the guys that were, we're not sure what, like we just didn't see them doing drills. So we don't know kind of what, what's going on. Yeah. Uh, all of these players took part in the, like the warmups, the stretching to start the day, but didn't take place in any of the positional drills. Uh, we'll start with, they're mostly on defense too. Like Eric just mentioned, uh, Popo Omave. Justin Flo, Brandon Dorless, Damon David, Keon Ware-Hudson, uh, Patrick Herbert, Cam McCormick, and then Jonathan Dennis for a brief period of time before he did participate in yeah. drills. So he at least snapped. I don't know if he did much of the other stuff. Yeah. By the time by the time we left, these were the guys who didn't participate in the drills, um, minus Jonathan Dennis, obviously. Uh, so yeah, that is your three best interior defensive linemen. Pretty significant, um, and you know probably your second best linebacker and Damon David, who is probably in the two deep for safeties. Um, yeah. And we'll get to that in a second too. Um, I wanted to just quickly add on, on Sean Dollars. He yeah. was also uh, the third string punt returner as well, mm-hmm. just from what I saw. Um, I'll, I'll go through that real quick too. Yeah, um, Seven McGee was the first punt returner off the, off the bat. Uh, followed by Josh Delgado and then Sean Dollars so is third. Uh, jo- good seeing Josh Delgado out there too, yep. because we mentioned wide receiver depth. Um, we knew he would be with the team. We didn't know where his health situation was, but he looked full go and honestly looked like he was moving fine out there. So that was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned earlier, Alex Forsythe didn't take part in drills. Um, Jared's watching defense and had a hard time identifying where Basta and Adrian Jackson were. And yeah. that this kind of Jamal Hill, I think was another one, but like that could be just, they were working on different things in different parts of the field. We're yeah. still trying to get a lay of the land, honestly. Some minor tweaks from a way practices are conducted, I guess you could say, from what Coach Cristobal and the previous staff did. So we're kind of still getting a lay of the land. Hopefully we um, have some better answers after Saturday's practice um, in a moment, you know, in a couple of days. I think that'll maybe give us some more answers. But, um, okay, we talked to offense. I'm trying to think. There wasn't a whole lot else on offense to get to, I thought. Um I thought, again, it was good. You know, you know body type-wise, I mentioned this coming in. Um, Fayope Lalelu, I'm butchering that last name. Fayope looked lean down. And mm-hmm. when uh, Forsyth was not there, and again, I'm not sure what the hierarchy was, he was the first right guard to go through huh. positional drills. They had all five of them come up and kind of do like a stance drill. Um, doesn't necessarily mean he's the, the first string right guard, but with – Ryan Walk now being at center and Forsyth not taking part for whatever reason. I actually saw Alex beforehand. He seemed to indicate he was fine. So I don't think there's too much to worry about. I asked him about his back. He said he was okay. Um, I thought that was notable. And Feope is a person who came in at close to 400 pounds and looks 320, 310. I mean, yeah. look, look, look really, really fit. And I, I think that's encouraging. I've been pretty high on him with his upside. and Slim, and, but still a mountain of a man. Still the biggest human being you've probably ever stood by Um, like just so broad and like just the, 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 I guess the definition of like a big body, big bone person. Yes. Um, But he looked for him to be a little slim down and I'm kind of, that might be a name to kind of watch here as we get through more spring ball. I'm going to throw it to you now, Jared, because you were the defensive guy and you probably have a little bit more in-depth information because the defense I think showed slightly more Mm -hmm. than what the offense did today. Yeah. Once the defense got into their, 
uh, positional specific drills, it became clear that there was some sort of hierarchy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, barring this is, you know, or excuse me, barring injuries uh, for other players like a Jeffrey Bassa or Jamal Hill, who we didn't really see participate. Um, there were some clear ones and twos going on. So I'll just go in, uh, in order from like where, where the groups were closest to me. Uh, so safeties, it seemed that Brian Addison and Tricuts Bridges, who I mentioned going back to safety, were the first two safeties to take part in their positional drill, uh, followed by Bennett Williams and then Steve Stevens. Um, then it went to cornerbacks. It was Dante Manning and Christian Gonzalez, the Colorado transfer, were the first two to take part. Then it was Avante Dickerson and Darren Barkins. Mm. Um, I should mention that this position group is going to have a lot more bodies in maybe two weeks after spring break, but definitely by fall camp where they have. I think Jaleel Florence will definitely be here. I don't know about anyone else. Yeah, Florence, but then you also are going to have Jaleel Tucker and Kamari Terrell at some point join the team. Um, Then linebackers, it was uh, the drill went one at a time. It wasn't two at a time like the safeties and cornerbacks. So in order, it was. Noah Sewell, Jackson LaDuke, Micah Roth, um, then Keith Brown. So that was an interesting group. I did not see Jeffrey Bossa participate in those. Um, or, Jonathan, or Adrian Jackson. Or Adrian Jackson. Uh, Jonathan Flo was the last to go in the group following Keith Brown. Um, so those were some notable things. Um, from the outside linebackers perspective, we saw – not much of a change outside of Kayvon Thibodeau not being a participant in practice. <laughs> kind of a notable change. That, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty big change. But the first stringers or the first two to participate in the drills were Braden Swinson and new number 18, Mace Funam, which is going to take some time to get used to. Uh, then you had Brandon Buckner and Jaden Navarrete as the next two, followed by uh, Terrell Tillman. And uh, I am still struggling. What's the number? Terrell Tillman and, uh, sorry, Jabril McNeil, both in the outside linebackers. And then DJ Johnson and Anthony Jones were the fourth group to go in the outside linebackers. So I don't know how much I would put into the first day of spring practice and who goes one and one and two in the groups. Um, I think for everybody listening, there are probably some clear starters like Braden Swinson or Mace and Noah Sewell. Um, but it was interesting just to see the hierarchy going into day one. I'm sure it probably changed as soon as the media left practice. <laughs> probably that's did. just <laughs> kind of that's just kind of how it goes. Um, you know, just a few notes: Jaden Navarrete, Brandon Buckner being the second offensive or excuse me outside linebackers to go is kind of interesting. Um, we saw Brandon Buckner participate sparingly throughout the season, but a lot in the beginning of the year just to use that red shirt. Um, TriQuest Bridges, as I mentioned, Brian Addison getting the start there, or not the start, but the first first of the two to go. Did you mention Steve Stevens at all? Steve Stevens was there. Okay, he, I think that's another. He went with Bennett Williams um, as the next two after Bridges and Brian Addison. Uh, Steve looked healthy. He looked like he was a hundred percent go, which was you know a bit of a concern coming off of a significant leg injury in Let the me, Colorado uh... game. Let me ask a question that we haven't even talked to him beforehand, so you might not have an answer. Uh-huh. Do, do we know – did you see where Joe Lorig was? Because he's the Nichols coach, and part of me wonders we've got Vasa and we've got Hill, who we don't have identi- – have not identified out here. I wonder if maybe those guys were working with that group, and even Adrian Jackson. Could that, in theory, be it? And those they might. are the true safeties. I'm just trying to put this together. I didn't see Lorig 
I saw Demetrius Martin and I saw Powellage. Um, okay. That was all I could see from my vantage point, which now that we have a little bit more lay of land come Saturday, yeah. it'll probably be a little better, but uh, yeah, just from my vantage point. Um, and as for the defensive line, I did not get a real good look at the ones and twos, but I don't think it would matter that much because their three best interior defensive linemen were not participating. And that's just, you know, I, I would imagine those three are the, the first three to go when it actually matters. Along with maybe Sam Taimani, who yeah. was good to see him out there. He looked um, trimmed compared to what I thought, maybe. Like, guy who played at 330 last year, I'm guessing he's not 330 now. And that's, again, I wish I had a roster because I might be, he might, he could be 390 pounds for all I know. Yeah, he just carries I mean, it amazingly. Yes. I've never seen this person in, in, in person, in yeah. person before. So, um, yeah, so those are, I think we've got, that was pretty much all we had for offense, defensive notes. You talk special team notes. Um, again, if you want a written form of this, you can go check it out on vectorector.com. I think it's worth your time. Um, also, we'll note that Oregon, again, here's just the practice schedule for those listening. Oregon is going to conduct its second uh, scheduled practice of spring on Saturday. They're then taking about a 17-day break, and they'll return on the 29th for the final 13 practices with the spring game on the 23rd. And then I had never seen this before, but I talked to a couple of people who said this is common practice in different parts of the country. Uh, Oregon has a spring game on the 23rd. That's not their 15th practice. They'll have a 15th session two days later on April 25th. Um, would love to chat with Landing on kind of what you get accomplished there. I'm guessing that's kind of like a reflection, uh, kind of going through maybe trying to work on something that you saw at the spring games that maybe weren't great or whatnot, but that's kind of notable. But just for those listening, you're going to get two days of practice coverage from us, and we're going to continue to do these practice reports on DuckTerritor.com. I think it's worth taking a time to look at. And then there's going to be about a two-and-a-half-week break um, while the team's on spring break. I think that aligns with the academic calendar um, before they come back. And when they do come back on the 29th, uh, like I said, I think there's going to be four to five, maybe six more enrollees being someone like a Chase Coda who wasn't here that's notable, mm-hmm. uh, Andrew Boyle, the Washington State transfer, um, the Nebraska transfer, Jordan Riley. Riley, I was going to say Scott, but I knew that was wrong. Um, and then uh, there, there's a couple, I know, Dev, I've heard Devin Jackson, uh, Justice Lowe, uh, I, Harrison Taggart, Jared Leo Florence, and a couple of others are off the top of my head expected to be here. Things can change. Maybe there's a couple other names that'll be here. But that's kind of a recap of what we saw at practice. I think we should talk a little bit, maybe about some of the things that Dan Lennox said on zoom mm-hmm. um fun chatting with him this is the first time since i think the february whenever that was february signing day. yeah whatever that day was the february signing period so this is the first time in about a month um kind of already said i think you can i think the enthusiasm is always palpable with them and i will have the full video it's i'm sure it's up already by the time you're listening to this on duckterritory.com um matt's by the way we didn't say this at the top matt's in las vegas covering the men's basketball tournament that's why he's not on this podcast they might lose today to Colorado in a couple of hours, and he might be back for Saturday. If they, I'm assuming if they win and they play on Friday, he will also miss Saturday's spring practice. But um, Matt will be very much a part of our podcast and our spring coverage, but just won't be for the first couple of days from a podcast perspective to see that town. Um, and frankly, this is kind of overlapping with the start of the game. Um, but, yeah, no, I think a couple of things that stood out to me was, again, just that enthusiasm that you see from Coach Lanning. Um, 
I think he said a couple things that were interesting about like I asked kind of like what are some adjectives you would use and he kind of pointed to the effort from the players today and the buy-in mm-hmm. but also pointed that it was important for the spring period to kind of be able to identify strengths and weaknesses and I think you know you usually you come into spring and the staff probably has a better answer to that because they've coached them for a while and they know these players this was really like Atlanta I'm sure hasn't even been able to evaluate film and so he's basically going off of what he saw from his vantage point at one practice. So he's got, and his staff have a lot of time now, um, or will have some time upcoming to kind of identify like, okay, what do we have here? Um, and obviously see the bare bones of it, but I'm sure a big part of what these first two practices are going to be is kind of like, okay, this is what we've got. Here's some things we like, here's some things we don't. And that'll obviously carry through the end um, of spring. He was pretty non-committal talking injuries. Yeah, I asked him about the injuries and just what his expectations are in terms of, you know, will these guys be full participants at some point during the spring? Um, and he kind of gave just an average answer in that, uh, you know, everybody's everybody has a different injury and they're all working back. And, you know, he would expect that some of them get to be full participants, but he was, you know, non-committal on it. And that's just, I don't know, kind of how coaches are. Um, it was definitely a different vibe from Lanning compared to his signing day press conferences or the one that we've had before with him um I I just look at that as he is now in football mode right and that's you know zero complaints here it's just it's just how it's just how football coaches are um and I I do think that uh you know he he has a lot of energy going about this and he definitely gives good answers at points it's just you know it's like things like injuries probably isn't going to divulge too much information on, and that makes 100% sense. Yeah, I was going to say, he's a little more guarded, maybe not even than Mario, but this than I was expecting um, based on his personality. I think I thought, oh, he's going to be left to right. share. Let's yeah, share yeah. some information, and, and I don't think we're going to get that, and that's totally fine. And again, I think the other part here is, you know, we're kind of learning how to speak with him. This is like our fourth time having a conversation with Coach Lennon, so maybe we're going about this the wrong way. And we're, right. Because I thought the very first question was James Greppia, who usually leads these off and usually leads off with a personal question. He's like, all right, what's going on with J.J. Greenfield and Jalen Smith? Smith. And these guys weren't here. And he goes, we're only talking about the people who are here. And it's like, okay. All right. So that is <laughs> the approach. Um, and I went and was like, all right, I'll follow that up by asking a big picture question. You can go check out the video online. I won't do a play-by-play of the press conference because that's boring and it'd be much better use of your time to actually go listen to it um in its entirety it's about 15 minutes long as i said earlier um and if you uh if you don't want to listen to it i will yes. have a tr- full transcript up on duckterritory.com hopefully by the time this podcast is up or maybe not transcripts take a lot and even if you don't want to read it just click through it so jared can get the clicks because it takes like an hour plus to transcribe a full press conference and it's not <laughs> easy work and so we'd appreciate you giving that a look um <laughs> but just to say like for those i know some people like listening and watching some people like reading um, we'll have both options for those um, along with the podcast and a couple other stories we'll have up later on the day. I'm looking at my notes here and I think we are kind of to the bottom. Did you have anything else you wanted to hit from a press conference or any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, just some final thoughts. Just great to be back out there on sure the football was. field um, watching spring practice. Uh, there's And this one is a little bit different in, in terms of my feelings because I've been to you know, two seasons of Mario Cristobal camps and it's just new and exciting. I guess it is. It's like, I don't know. It's like getting a new phone, you know, exactly what it is. There's no real upgrade from the last one, but it's fun. And this, it was a different type of practice. Um, it's, it's a shame that we can't watch like actually competitive drills, but that may change. Maybe it might change. 
it might not. Um, but regardless, it's still fun to go out there and see all the new players, all the new personnel, um, just kind of get a feel for, you know, who's established, uh, the type of music that goes on. Um, it's you just like kind of like a basket and kind of take in everything. That just reminded me of a very subtle difference, but definitely a difference was, uh, I don't know if it was Dan actually over the overcome or if those were pre-recorded, but that was change, Dan over the overcome. He was doing himself. He had a microphone. Okay. I was going to say, this was something, Mario Cristobal's practices, you would have like a, the music usually would play this is kind of off and on with the music, but then they would you know, change periods and everyone just kind of dispersed. Dan's like, we're doing this now. And everyone would go and do whatever they were doing. And I don't know if that's a, Hey, I'm new here. I'm trying to figure things out or that's, and, and we're going to use this just to start and kind of get everything in mind. Or if that was a, it's going to be a fixture of Dan Lane practice, but I kind of liked it. I did too. Yeah. <laughs> kind of liked it, taking ownership and like, Hey, this is what we're doing. Go do this thing. And yeah. everybody was like, okay, let's go do the thing. Um, yeah. And I, and I think well, I just one final thought that I have, and then we can end this one. Uh, not only cool seeing the new players and then some of the older players back, but seeing the, the new staff was kind of cool. Yep. Um, seeing how they interact with players, Again, I spent time watching the offense primarily and, and really a lot of time close to Carlos Lachlan with the running backs group. That guy is really dynamic, really fun. You can tell he cares. Um, he's, again, leading a group where you've got like two scholarship guys and then a bunch of I – mean, Aaron Smith is like borderline scholarship, I think. But then it's like five guys who I don't even know who they are. Nobody knows who they are based on the roster. Um, and you could tell he had to have a little bit more patience with this drill because they're going through some drills that – high-end scholarship athletes are probably more accustomed to, and some of the walk-ons were maybe not, but I thought it was, I was impressed with how he conducted himself. Um, I'm sure I'll have more thoughts on some of the other position coaches as we get further into this, but yeah, early indications. It's a lot of fun and I'm really excited for, for Saturday. We'll, I believe have another podcast similar to this mm-hmm. recapping more notes. We'll probably have hopefully a lot more answers um, and we'll have some more information from coach Lanning afterwards. He's the only one doing, um zooms or interviews following these first two practices that will change when they start again on the 29th we'll then get players and coaches but just for those listening yeah it's just going to be some some landing talk to start and then we'll we'll get a kind of get to know other people which I, frankly i'm excited about because i haven't met most of these assistant coaches at all yeah no i absolutely haven't met any of them all yeah it was just uh, again just you know kind of capping off the podcast just really nice to be back out there and uh get to see the new staff and all the new players and um, actually and get some practice access because it wasn't 100% sure that we'd get it. It seems like that'll be you know, how it is going on from here. Um, you know, knock on wood. But uh, it was a uh, yeah, great time to be back out there. So just to uh, end this one off, thank you all for listening to the Outs and Audibles podcast. Uh, we'll be back with you soon. Talk to you later, folks. Peace.